Hey there, it's Melissa Brunetti, and welcome to the Mind Your Own Karma podcast. Hey there, Karma Crew. So glad you are joining me on this full moon today, which also means that there is a Karma Files episode coming out today also. So be looking for that if you're interested in the paranormal and beyond. Today on the podcast, I have Lorraine Gerald. She is an adoptee and is living her most authentic life. She is a writer and content creator as the Adopted Chameleon on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Pinterest. She found writing and being creative was therapeutic for her. Telling her story helps others not feel so alone. She writes to help herself and educate people on the trauma of adoption. She is a trained Kundalini yoga instructor, TIYT, trauma-informed yoga therapy instructor, Reiki master, and intuitive. With her training in energy healing, trauma, and breathwork training, she has studied methods that help regulate our nerves. These techniques allow us to become more aware and focused on the moment. Along with her training, she was born with abilities that allow her to see, feel, hear things that other people may not. She found out after reunion with her siblings that a strong intuition ran in her genetic family on both sides, as well as with her adoptive mother. With her intuition and training, she has come up with ways to help herself and others. I hope you love this conversation as much as I did. This is Lorraine's story. So we're welcoming Lorraine Gerald to this show today. Welcome to Mind Your Own Karma, Lorraine. Hello, Melissa. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited about this interview, but we'll get into a lot of that exciting stuff later. Um, but first, I want you just to kind of tell us about the circumstances of your adoption and what you know to be true about that. Well, I am a domestic, same race, baby scoop, pre-row adoptee. So I came in the 60s where, you know, unwed mothers can't have babies, God forbid, pun intended there. And um, <laughs> my mother was in college and right. she was dating my father and well, they did what college people did. And then he got sent to Vietnam. And nine months later, I came along. Oh my God, that is my story. Totally my story. <laughs> we have the same exactly. story <laughs> so far. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, she never told anybody. So it was a closed adoption. Um, I was, I, now my adoptive parents always told me, I don't have that story of remembering when. I, I don't remember, I just n always knew. Um, it was one of those things that back then people were just supposed to act like it was normal and just ignore it. Yeah. So that's pretty much what happened is uh, it was just, well, you're just one of us now. And it was just never talked about, even though if I brought it up, they would say supportive things, but there was no action behind it. So I don't, they're both, both my adoptive parents are deceased now. Um, they were, they were supportive, but they also could have been more supportive and yeah. realized that there is more to it than you just get a baby and act like it never happened again. So mm -hmm. yeah, the baby scoop 
era, a lot of us were just, it's just swept under the rug. So that's what happened is I was swept under the rug, literally a dirty little secret. Uh, when I went to search in 1995, I could get my non-identifying information from the state of Tennessee for a fee. Of course. <laughs> yeah. For a fee and a lot of humiliation. Yeah. So I went through that. And uh, of course, I was a college student at the time and had no money because I was mm. not adopted into a family with more means and opportunity. I kind of found out later I went backwards. Wow. I would have had a lot more means and opportunity had I been with either one of my biological parents. Mm. And um, oh, man. No. so here I was struggling, right. you know, taking loans out, which I still owe, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Another thing that that tacked on to the financial burden of being an adoptee in my situation. Um, so I had to write them and say, hey, I don't have that yeah. kind of money. Can you can you cut me a break? So they I had to, literally had to prove that I was poor. Wow. So that was fun. It was easy to prove though. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, I'm living in an apartment by myself. I'm going to college. You know, what do you want? You know? So I went through that. Yeah. And at the end of it, all I got was a letter. It said, We did a search. Here's your non-identifying information. But here on the my non-identifying information was my mother's name and and the address at the time. So it was identifying information. Now my father's information was still non-identifying, but there was quite a bit of it. She listed uh, his information and his parents' information from height, weight, religion, uh, their education. Oddly enough, here's a uh, little tidbit. Both of my biological grandmothers, grandmothers were college educated, not my grandfather's. Mm. Yeah. Never knew any of my grandparents, not adopted or biological, because of my mother's parents. Um, they helped keep me a secret. Again, found out later in 2020 when I went back to ask for the rest of my information, there was a letter in there where they spoke to my grandmother. So she knew I was looking in 1995. And her and my mm. mother never spoke to me. So what happened with that non-identifying information was my adoptive cousin which was the exact same age as my biological mother my first cousin because my parents were late in life and got me late in life it's one of those that my first cousins were 20 years older than me so okay one of those situations yes she found my biological mother and spoke to her on the phone and she told her that if I even remotely tried to find her, she would get a restraining order because she didn't want her husband or her daughters to know. Your sisters. <laughs> yeah. Again, yes, that's what I was getting ready to come to. I was like, you mean my sisters? She doesn't want me to know about my sisters? Wow. Like, yeah. Um, now, and come to find out, her husband had been uh, passed for four years at that time, which that's sad, but yes, it had been four years previous that he had passed. So the only people she was keeping me from were my sisters. And keeping you from them. <laughs> right, right. That was it. And here's the sad thing is my mother owned her own business. Um, she was seen as an upstanding citizen. She belonged to all these clubs. Uh, she didn't have anxiety. She didn't have depression. She didn't have addictions. Mm. As a matter of fact, when I showed up, everybody's like, are you sure? And I was like, well, here's DNA. Yeah. 
I mean, <laughs> I don't know how sure I can be. You know, I have her, you know, here's my birth certificate with her name on with my her name on it, and she named me. So pretty sure. And of course, when I saw my sister, two I had two sisters that she was keeping me from, and one of them, yeah, I look just like her. So, oh wow. Yeah, it's yeah, and I look like my mom. It's it's very, very obvious that that's my mother. Uh, so she chose to never speak to me because I did mm. after that, I blocked that memory. I, I need to let you know that, that I literally in uh, the 1996, 97 time when my cousin found her and spoke to her, when she told me what had happened, I blocked that whole thing. I completely put that memory so far down that I didn't wow. remember it again until reunion in 2019. Oh, wow. So my brain lied to me. It was like every seven years or so, I would write my mother a letter and I found out her phone number or I'd call her and just leave a message. Mm. And she never got back with me. Wow. I kept telling myself, oh, she didn't get the message. Oh, the letter got lost. You know, it was something like that literally every time. Yeah. Every time. I'd lie to myself. And then in 2019, that's when the card, the house of cards fell because I realized, no, she never wanted to talk to you. Mm. She never wanted to know you. She had the life that she wanted by lying about you. Yeah. But the sad thing is, is she could have had that life and never lied about me because my sisters, you know, accepted me right away immediately. Right. And they would have then too. Were they mad that she kept you from them? Yes. And uh, one sister I do not talk to anymore because of this conflict of the mother situation. Mm -hmm. And the other one absolutely understands it. She still loves her mother. And she also understands that what her mother did to me was wrong. See, both yeah. things can be true at the same time. And we work within that relationship. And it's okay. And it's okay. Yeah. Yes, because I never asked wow. her to stop loving her mother because the mother she had was a different mother than the mother I had. And yeah. the mother she had was a different mother than the mother her sister had. Right. So it's okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and crazy. we understand that. Yeah, exactly. So I know that you have some unique gifts. Um, can you tell us about those? And when did you notice? Did you notice you had these gifts as a child? Were they mirrored in your adoptive family or in your biological family? Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> um, as a child, um, yeah, I would kind of notice that I would get these feelings and then things would happen. And I'd be like, whoa, I just knew that was going to happen. And I didn't say anything. I don't think I started saying anything until maybe first or second grade. I remember second grade specifically and third grade talking about it and then stopped talking about it because people were like going, <laughs> what is wrong with you? Or they started yeah. calling me names like witch, demon. So yeah, wow. so I stopped it because it was a little bit too accurate, mm -hmm. like very much detail accurate. And people were like, mm -hmm, wow. not ready for that. Uh -uh. But yeah. my adopted mother was very much psychic. I mean, she was detail oriented too and she had always been that way so she told me it was okay and that it was just normal that everybody had it some people were more in tune to it than other people and apparently she said you're very in tune to it just like me she said don't worry about it just know that it's there and it's okay i was yeah. like okay, well, okay. <laughs> 
Did you, ha- did your sisters or your mom or your dad's side? I don't know if you know your dad's side. But... Yes. My biological family on my mother's and father's side, both very much have it. Yes. Yeah. I have a biological cousin on my father's side. That's very much like this. We've talked about it. Um, my sister on my father's side, I only have one sister, one sibling on my father's side. She's like that. She said that, yes, our grandparents were like that. Um, my father's in a nursing home. He's had a lot of strokes. So conversations with him are um, difficult. Mm. I can go back in time with him and ask him things about his family. And he pretty much remembers those, but other conversations trying to, it, it's difficult. Yeah. But he is here. Yes. And I do have sometimes a conversation with him when I get through the nursing home. Mm. Yeah, it's been over a month. I haven't been able to get through to him because apparently on COVID, you can't have video calls. I don't know why. What? Yeah, but that's the rules there. <laughs> At least that's what they tell me. So anyway, I digress. <laughs> but yes, on both sides. And my, this is where I'm getting to with uh, my sister that I have a relationship with. Mm-hmm. We have very, very much synchronicities. I mean, to the point that I actually know what she's thinking and feeling. It's almost oh, like wow. those twins broken apart at birth. And then when they come back together, they're like, we're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, uh, oh yeah. When we first were in reunion, there were nights I couldn't sleep because I was like, I felt like I was having her dreams. And then the next oh, morning wow. we would talk about it and it was bizarre. She was like, you have to calm down. I can't sleep. And I'd be like, you have to stop doing this. It was really much like that. And we wow. had to work through that phase. Yeah. That's crazy. I know my sisters on my dad's side, they're, it's like, we each have our little thing, you know, it's all sensitive oriented, but we each have our little, you know, differences in it. Um, and I always think this would be a great TV show, <laughs> Three, you know, cause I was adopted and they didn't really grow up together either. So it's, it would just be interesting to like come together and do something like it that. But, um, so in your reunion process, I mean, with your mom kind of rejecting you a second time, that had to be traumatic. So how did the experiences that you found being adopted and even in the reunion process, how did you see those traumas playing out like in your body or mind later in life? Um, it, well, first off, uh, adoptees call this coming out of the fog. And some people like that term and some people don't. So I don't use it in any way, except for I feel it pertains to me very much. So it felt like coming out of a fog. It felt like I had been living a lie. And I had been because I not only lied to myself, but I was fulfilling roles for people without and denying myself who I was. Um, I still hear my adopted mother and I know she didn't mean this in a bad way, but she would say things like, well, don't you know we love you when I'd be angry? Or she'd even say, why are you so angry? Don't you know I love you or we love you or something along that line? That shuts a human being down. You cannot have your own feelings or God's will. God put you Mm. here. If God did it, you damn sure ain't talking about it. And so, yeah. And that, that word was in there too, for a reason, because you are damned if you talk about it or have feelings. And as a child, I started remembering and literally feeling in my body and mind, those things that were said 
to me. Like my adopted mother also said that she prayed for six months that my birth mother wouldn't change her mind. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, who was that for? Because that wasn't for me. Right. That was not for me. And that one hurt really bad when I started realizing that adoption really wasn't about me. And I came to that realization too. Again, my adopted parents love me. I'm not, I don't want to speak bad about them, but these are things that I want people to know if they are doing now, please stop it because you're shutting your child down. They cannot speak about this. They will not be able to feel this. And these feelings are normal. Anger is a normal feeling to being adopted. It doesn't give us the right to be mean to people. (laughs) That is an action. But the feeling of being angry is normal. Yeah, and it should be allowed. And it's allowed. It is allowed. And and in safe spaces, we can take that anger out in a healthy manner. And I feel like you're right. It's, um, It's a selfish choice for everyone but the adoptee you know right so yeah yes totally get that so how did you see that did that manifest in your body at all like as in pain or you know mentally like you yeah I went back my 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 skin has always showed it I've always gotten like these knots big (laughs) just nasty un just painful knots underneath my skin. I've had to have some surgically removed. I've even had weird things on my face that the dermatologist is like, that's not supposed to even be on your face. You know, odd things like that. I've had skin cancer on my face. Um, so my skin shows it. Uh, a lot of adoptees get in their stomach. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had stomach mm-hmm. issues too, especially as a child. Uh, I had it really, really bad. Uh, it's gotten better, you know, now that I've con- taken control of who, what I eat and, you know, how I do things now. So my digestion is yeah. better than it was. Um, sleeping, everything is better because of the control that I do now with my Kundalini yoga and meditation and mindfulness practices and pranayamas and yeah. things like that. Um, because I took control of it. Once I came out of the fog, I could feel what needed mm. to heal. So once you know what's wrong, imagine that you can start doing something about it. And this whole time I was one of those adoptees. It was like, oh no, I had a good adoption. Nothing was wrong with me. I was, I would have been one of those people that everybody like, well, I know Lorraine, she's fine. Nothing's wrong Mm -hmm. with her. Oh, she drinks too much and works too much and doesn't sit down ever or think about anything ever. She's fine. Look at her. She's got a good career, a husband, you know, she makes money. She does all the things we're supposed to do yep. in life. Yep. yep. Except you're not living your authentic <laughs> life and inside you're dying. Ex- That's exactly. All. <laughs> I, I know I was killing myself is what I was doing to have that dream of what everybody assumes is what's healthy and yeah. right. And, and I had it because I did. I was like, well, look, I've got the husband. I never had kids. I, I, that was one thing I chose to not do because I always, <laughs> guess what, felt something was wrong with me and didn't want to pass it mm. along. So I chose not to have children. Mm. And for me, that's still the right choice. I don't regret that. That was a good choice yeah. for me. Um, but yeah, that was another thing about being adopted that some people don't think about. I didn't, I intuitively did not want to pass that yeah, along. Yeah, it's funny how some people want to have that child because they 
want that mm-hmm. biological connection. Sometimes that's the first connection they have biologically is their child. And then there's others that are like, I don't want to mess up a kid or I don't, you know, like, I don't know what my biology is. I don't know what my medical history is. Who knows what I'm passing on, you know? And I get both sides of it because trust me, I wanted to see a genetic mirror because I was 53 before I saw someone with my Dang. DNA, 53. Yeah. 53 years old. What could, that's not fair. No. What kind of, what is fair How about did that? that? Feel? Because I was born. Well, I felt like, where are my damn yeah. rights? Where were my rights? This whole shit show was for me. <laughs> you know, I was like, wasn't this for me? Cause I was a gift and chosen and special and all of that bullshit. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> you know, it did. That's what I re- literally felt like. I was I like, know. wait a minute. <laughs> that was just what other people said so they wouldn't feel mm-hmm. uncomfortable oh oh okay now we're getting to the truth of the situation yeah. once i got to the truth of the situation uh yeah i got a little bit angrier got a little bit angrier work through that anger yeah <laughs> still get angry it's okay because i was it's like as off. as a baby we're putting the witness protection program <laughs> yes. we get a new name we get to live somewhere else we get a whole new identity <laughs> Whether we like it or not. My birth mother had breast cancer twice for years. And when I was searching for her, she had it and just decided not to tell me. That should be a criminal act. But it was her right to do that. She did eventually die from it in 2016. But there was no way that she could have gotten some time in between all those years to just let me know, hey, by the way, heads up, go get a mammogram. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that would have been a good thing to do if she didn't want to know me. You know, she could be that person. She could be that person because she was. Let's just mm-hmm. put it out there. She chose these things. I could have forgiven yeah. her, like I said, for the 60s, because women weren't allowed to do those things. Christianity and Catholicism would not allow women, women, single women to mm-hmm. have children. That's what the baby scoop era right. was pretty much about. Wow. <laughs> you don't deserve a child, but this couple, this, these couples yeah. over here do. And that mm-hmm. was the baby scoop. Other countries have apologized for this. The United States trying to make it cheaper. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. We have some problems here. We have some oh, real God, problems that's here. That's for sure. So. I went on your website and after looking at that, I just felt like this kindred spirit with you. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is the reason I have to have her on here. And (laughs) it just looks like you're living your most authentic life right now. And I mix the karma files episodes on the full moon. um, Mm -hmm. And they're, you know, true paranormal and unexplained stories and being an intuitive and sensitive to spirits. That's part of who I am. And so, Mm. you know, my podcast is all about authenticity and I know there's people that are probably like, what the heck is a paranormal (laughs) episode doing on an adoptee (laughs) podcast, you know, um, a lot, Yeah, because (laughs) I feel like the combination to breaking free from your trauma and the primal wound is all tied up into your authenticity and everybody's combination to healing is different. Um, but I do feel like the answers are inside of you. Like you can go to a doctor, a therapist, you know, all these things, but you have the answers locked in there and only, you know, what that combination is. So I'm going to be taking a course in, um, somatic mindful guided imagery. That's kind of 
that I'm hoping is going to benefit adoptees. And it's sort of a hypnosis technique that guides you gently to discovering those things through your body mm-hmm. and figuring out that combination. That's awesome. And I know I can't wait. And <laughs> I um, know how that goes. I'm excited to hear. <laughs> I see you offering some of those things along the same lines, you know, things that aren't the conventional way of doing therapies and all that stuff. Um, because I just really feel like adoptees, the conventional therapies are not hitting the bullseye. Mm-mm. They can help. I'm not saying, you know, that that's not part of your combination, but it doesn't, it doesn't like, it just, it doesn't do it. It doesn't, it's not the cure-all and adoptees are seeking out all these kind of alternative EMDR and, you know, hypnotherapy and all these kinds of things, um, to help with their traumas. And so kind of tell us some of the things that you offer and are you seeing that to be true as well, that adoptees are seeking kind of these other alternative ways of healing? Uh, many are, yes. I mean, and, and some, I mean, aren't even fortunate enough to even have the traditional therapies. And, and, and even when they do, you know, adoption still isn't seen as trauma in a lot of them. And I've had some very, very bad therapists that actually made things way worse by not understanding that it was trauma. Mm-hmm. And so I want to just put that out there to be leery. If you're going to a therapist that doesn't understand that adoption is trauma, it might not be the therapist for you, just mindful of that. But yes, a lot of adoptees I talk to, and of course the people that do yoga with me and stuff, do look out for those other therapies like Reiki, uh, body work, massage, and things like this, essential oils, uh, things with the senses. It's pretty much all things with the senses, art therapy, because you can get lost in the art and the colors. You don't have to be an artist. I do coloring books. <laughs> you know, you just have to get lost. It's, it's, it all goes back to calming the mind and bringing yourself back to the moment Mm -hmm. because when we're not doing that we're open to the intrusive thoughts that bring the trauma back into the now the trauma is always there Um, i talk about this with my cognitive therapist my traditional therapist because she also luckily i am fortunate I, i i looked for a very very long time and got on a wait list and got in with this person it took me months but i finally got in and she understands both sides and she's adoptee competent not an adoptee but understands trauma adoptee therapy she's worked with many adoptees um so if you can find someone like that find that person if not find a cognitive therapist you're comfortable with and then go find another person that can help you with the energy work and understanding uh the mindfulness concept because emdr is technically meditation yeah You know, hypnosis is meditation. Mm -hmm. All of these mindfulness are just different types of meditation. And a lot of adoptees, like myself included, can't just sit down, calm your mind and, you know, go into (laughs) some days I can. Yeah. Not many days can I just go bloop, turn my mind off and get into that space. So there are techniques (laughs) that we use and not everything is in meditation is just sitting there being calm. Like I said, coloring in a coloring book is meditation. Walking your dog is meditation. You know, there are many meditation forms. What you're getting ready to do, that somatic hypnosis, it's a meditation. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, those answers are inside of us and that's what we're tapping into. Yeah. Um, 
my kundalini yoga we use chanting breath work and movement to get to that calm state where we're using the breath and our mind in unison mm. to be mindful and aware to tap into hopefully you'll get to that point where you can tap into that place and when you meditate or when the chaos hits and date just daily life you can go to the breath and take that breath instead of reacting you know and getting crazy you know because the sympathetic nervous system is automatically going to hit and you're going to go into fight or flight you're going to feel the tension you know the digestion stops and you're getting ready to go do what you're going to do you're going to fight or flight and you go into the reptilian mind and your logical brain completely shuts off so with breath work and practice we don't just react we go okay we're going to take that breath we're going to take that pause now what are we going to do we're bringing everything back forward to the cortex to our logical thinking brain now what are we going to do mm. and that's what we have to do and that's what yoga does and meditation and all of these practices that's why it's called a practice too yeah anything you do over and over again becomes part of you the old saying you are what you eat yep you sure are yeah anything you consume in any way becomes part of you good and bad so these good healthy practices which are these alternative things that you were talking about adoptees looking for all of them are good find the one that resonates with you and do that find that mindfulness practice the kundalini now you said that you didn't like it at first was it because it was feeling uncomfortable and you didn't want to yeah. go there yeah and that's what a lot of people kundalini it uses like i said you focus on the breath and people don't know how to breathe i know that's a weird statement but most people are breathing in the top of their lungs and very shallow mm -hmm. and that's why we're anxious depressed can't sleep uh there's a lot of issues that happen when you're not breathing properly um insomnia just it, it, there's you know you uh your body becomes unhealthy uh, we hold uh, extra weight and in, in things in ourselves when we're not fully breathing. You know, we have to go down into the lower <laughs> belly, fully expand our lungs and really breathe, truly breathe. I just started doing some breath work and um, there was one that I was doing. And I started to feel like some anxiety coming up, mm -hmm. like it was so weird. Cause I always thought, what is this breath work crap? Like this is, this <laughs> yep. is dumb. You know, these people are talking about it. <laughs> I don't get it. You know, but I was like, it was like a 15 day breath work challenge. Mm. And one of the days, I mean, I was like, I don't know if I can, I made myself finish, you know, with the guy, but, um, I just started feeling all these weird things coming up and it was just like, Whoa, what is that? Like it, it goes into, um, inner child work, ego work, you know, what Jung calls ego work and inner child work, it can very much bring up those hidden feelings that we don't want to other people to see in ourselves, you yeah. know, and but those are the parts we have to integrate. That's the part if once we integrate the good, bad, and it's not good or bad. Mm -hmm. It's just different parts of us. It is if you see it, it as good and bad, you're going to resist it. Yeah. So stop resisting, allow it to flow. And that's, again, what Kundalini teaches. It, we flow with whatever feeling we're feeling. Are we angry? That's okay. Feel it. Just 
just notice it. It's a feeling. It's not who we are. And that's part of it too, is opening up because a lot of these, you know, non-traditional therapies, I mean, if you don't believe Reiki is going to help you, it probably isn't going to, you know, so you've got to be open to the process of maybe feeling something, you know, mm -hmm. but if you're just walled off, then none of that's going to, it's not going to work. Right. And I didn't believe in Reiki either. <laughs> I mean, I honestly, I don't, it was weird. It was almost like I was compelled to sign up for that class because I really had no interest or belief in it by the end of it. Not only was I convinced, I knew it for real. I started studying, going into physics and things, studying that just to, because the teacher that I had, she was like that too. She, she studied the science mm. as well as Reiki itself because she was a non-believer too. So she described both and she's also a PhD. She's, she's a doctor. So, wow. <laughs> and, uh, but I, I like knowing both sides and when science and spirituality line, Mm -hmm. You know, there's something there and they are, I mean, every day they align more and more. Yeah, that's so true. Um, so you were talking about the senses earlier, um, and how they're heightened in us. And so I wanted to talk about hypervigilance versus intuition. Cause I've had some heated discussions with other adoptees that say, um, that because of our trauma, trauma, we're just hypervigilant and we're not, it's not intuitive or, you know, your senses are just heightened. That's all it is. But I don't know. My take on it is that hypervigilance is, um, based on a false belief because you've over, over exaggerated your feelings and your perception of it. But intuition is the beliefs and feelings that you have. And then you discover it as a fact. So one is a fact. And one is an exaggeration of feelings. And that's how I feel about it. And that's how I feel like I know I have intuition is because it's based on fact. What do you feel about hypervigilance? And I think you said that very well. Um, I will speak for myself mm -hmm. because yes, I have hypervigilance and I have intuition. Okay. Hypervigilance is me walking into a room, knowing where every exit is, knowing who's in the room, what's going on behind me, in front of me, beside me, my peripheral, that's hypervigilance to me. I'm aware of my surroundings. You know, I know if something happens, I know I'm running to that exit and I'm getting out. You know, I'm aware because I'm, I have anxiety and things like that. So I'm, I'm, when a lot of people are around, my anxiety starts coming up and I become hypervigilant and aware, aware very aware of what's going on and when people are talking their tone the, you know things their mannerisms what they're doing it's like a, a living lie detector you know you it's like you're really analyzing and that's hypervigilance to me that's how i would describe it if somebody wanted to know how it felt within themselves that's how i feel mm -hmm. intuition in me is all of a sudden um I can get like a little buzz in my head sometimes. It's like a little tingling. Mm -hmm. um, and then something will, and, and then I'll get like a feeling that I know something. Like I just read a book and that fact was in there and now it's inside my head. And I'm like, boom, and then it happens. Yeah. That's intuition. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, yeah. Cause I believe that our senses can be heightened due to our survival mode trauma when you are nonverbal at the time of something like that happening so traumatic like that um and your survival you're in survival mode you know 
of course you're going to use your other senses to experience, you know, like experience what's going on around you. And, you know, you're, you're hearing, you're seeing everything like would be on extra, you know, and heightened alert. Like if you're blind, then your other senses are right. just, you know, crazy heightened. And we were separated from the only person we knew at birth. So it became part of us to be yeah. vigilant because we were searching for our mothers where we, whether we remember that or not, we were actively searching for them. Yeah. And we were scared because we were with strangers and there was no one that we knew. We waited nine months or so, you know, however long I was premature. I don't know how premature, but anyway, we're going to say about nine months <laughs> to see our, our, the person that gave birth to us. And now they're not there. And we're afraid. And that's the other part that people don't get is the baby is afraid and pre and and we're pre-verbal, so we can't tell anyone. Yeah. Not blank slates. Right. We were born with a heritage, with a DNA. We were attached to the person. And now they're gone. Yeah. And our bodies go into trauma because we literally think we're going to die because we know human babies know unless somebody's taking care of us we don't survive. Yeah. And now the only person we know is gone and strangers are touching us, which is scary to begin with mm -hmm. in that vulnerable state. And we're probably passed around a little bit from yeah. person to person until we get to wherever we're going. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's just so crazy. It's just so crazy. I just, I can't. Um, so let's go back to your gifts. And one of their gifts is reading tea leaves. So what is that exactly? <laughs> well, it came to me. I have you, you may have heard this before that people aren't supposed to buy their first set of tarot cards that they're supposed to be gifted to them. And oh, I didn't I, know that. And well, it's because it's an old, old saying. And I did buy my first deck of cards because number one, I, nobody even knew I wanted some. Yeah. <laughs> But what was funny is my teacup came to me as a gift oh. and I didn't know I wanted it. I had been doing tarot and Reiki and Kundalini and all of that. I had no idea, <laughs> no idea about the tea and it was <laughs> gifted to me from my sister-in-law. And oh. the minute I touched it, I just loved that little cup and saucer Wow! and I just started well, I started doing it, you know, I'd be like asking my friends, Hey, you want me to read your tea leaves, you know, just mm -hmm. for fun to see if I could do it. And I'll be damned. <laughs> Things started showing up and I was like, wow, okay, there's something to this. So then I started reading more on it and getting books and articles and stuff. And, and just, do, and then I was like, okay, there's, there's something to this, but I liked adding the cards to it. Cause for me, the tea leaf could just kind of show a story sometime but the layers came in with the cards. Yeah. Once the cards lined up with the tea leaves, I was like, okay, well, there's your story. It may not mean anything to me because readings often don't mean anything to me. Right. It should mean something to the person that I'm sending them to. Right. That's cool. So how long have you been doing that then? Oh, let's see. Like for professionally, uh, three years. Oh, okay. I mean, before that, I've done it on and off. Uh, the tea, now the teacup, three years row before that but okay but intuition i've done how old am i i'm in my <laughs> 30 over 30 years intuition okay. readings yeah i used to just hold people's hands and do readings that way and that's over 30 years 
Yeah. Um, so I was intrigued by the tea leaf readings. I had you do one for me and I'm super excited to find out what you discovered. So <laughs> what did you find out? Okay. I had to make some notes because <laughs> we, we were going to be talking. So I'm letting people know that I had to write notes on this. Uh, when I do these readings, what I do, I want to let people know, I, I start by meditating on that person. Uh, sometimes I look at their picture. Uh, if I have a picture, if not, I just, I just meditate on that person. And then I ask uh, to be a guide for them for their highest good. Mm. And then I zone out. So that's why I don't remember a lot of these things. Right. And so I poured the tea. And so the first thing that I noticed on yours was you had this one big leaf right up at the top of the mountain. And the mountains, uh, that could be career or like domestic life. Uh, but yours was going straight up. I mean, just straight <laughs> up. And I was like, Whoa. I like that. <laughs> I was like, that looks like a good, um, good thing to me. So I hope that that is because it to me, it felt like kind of career uh, oriented that it was pointing up for you. That's um, awesome. It could also mean that you've got some powerful people around you or people that are going to be coming around you. So you can look for that too. Okay. Uh, let's see at the bottom. Yeah. It looked like there was a person either skiing or balancing. It looked like a little balancing under the heart symbol. And of course, yeah, I see that. Yeah. And of course the heart symbol, you know, is love and affection. So I thought maybe you might be feeling like a little balancing. Either that or you're going skiing. <laughs> it was either a literal <laughs> skiing with someone you love. Or you oh, no. Balancing. That's not happening. Because <laughs> sometimes these are literal things down right? there. I was like, maybe she's going skiing. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, anyway, there was also, to me, it looked kind of like a little odd doll under the key. Um, and I, all these, I took pictures and sent to Melissa and circled all of these. I take, yeah, a I'll put them up for people to see exactly what they look like. <laughs> and the key, um, it goes back to the mountain because the key is foretelling of projects, uh, opportunities, change, things like that. So you may be feeling like a little odd or something, uh, for things coming up you might be that little odd doll or you could have had a little odd doll <laughs> and it could be literal <laughs> it could be both it can, things can be both that's that's yeah. the thing both things can be true at the same time so that's right. why when i say one or the other or both are true at the same time because i have had that they're like oh yeah i had a doll and you know i feel like a doll or whatever so uh, but because it just kind of had something kind of coming out of its head, it made me think that you were intuitive and stuff. And then, of course, we have now talked about that. So, yeah, it makes sense that that odd little spike coming out of its head. <laughs> right. made, I was That's why I said it's an odd little doll. Um, and kind of like what we talked about before, when I was a child, I was treated differently. Yeah, so maybe odd. you kind of <laughs> had that same experience, maybe, and you were the odd little doll. Yeah. Um, but um again feeling odd in new opportunities and stuff it, it's kind of natural for adoptees so yeah. you know but it True. showed up there that's what i'm pointing out is it showed up in the cup that way right and then there was this one to me 
it felt like adoptee to me. Uh, there was a little girl and it looks like there's a, a, she's holding this one leaf. It's a long, just one. I can totally leaf. see that. And it's, yeah. it's just right across her, right in the center of her. Right. And it's like, it's almost being deleted or being weighed down heavy. I felt like a heavy weight and it was at the bottom of the cup. So I felt, and then later on that goes to a card, which we're coming up to because that will come back up. We'll go back. We'll go back to that. And when I started pulling cards, here we go. Uh, your first one was the hermit <laughs> isolation introvert. Um, but the hermit discovers truth. The hermit goes inward and then see, we've already talked about that now because your intuition. So this card for you was spot on because it says you seek knowledge, you go inward, you find these things. That's what the hermit does. You know, mm. the hermit isn't always finding and running away from people. The hermit goes inward for themselves. And that's what I wrote to you was wow, you yeah. find secrets and knowledge. I wasn't thinking that you were running away from anyone. I felt that you were going inward to find that knowledge. Yeah. And uh, then you had the three of wands reversed on this one. And um, this could be a potential joining in a business or something or some kind or that project that we just talked about, those opportunities. So that joining, could, there could be something coming up for you. Uh, look for that opportunity. But we also had, um, I almost forgot to talk about this. We had a leaf underneath the snake. So on this one, I said, be careful watch out might be somebody that's not as honest because that's I've been really intuitively feeling that from a certain person okay and I've been trying to squash it down like I'm like no no but then you said it and I was like oh okay <laughs> always listen to your intuition on that even when you don't want to but yes there definitely was a leaf under the snake and i felt some kind of deception that makes total sense in your orbit <laughs> luckily it was just one you know yeah. it wasn't like a whole bunch <laughs> yeah but yeah somebody's not being fully honest yeah I about feel something i feel that and um let me see Okay. Yes. So, and what I said is go inward to find what you were and there, and you just said it. <laughs> so let's go on to the last card. Uh, three of swords also reversed this card. As you can see it, it, it's right through the heart. I mean, these three swords are right through the heart. So it is sorrow, loss, and grief, but yours was reversed. Mm. So it can show a recovering from that. Um, yeah, it, um, it also shows that you can be close to your emotions because you know you're that's true blocking your heart off and of course we need to to feel those and you had mentioned that you had been denying and blocking some so for that to come after that other card it's telling you to listen to your intuition i mean that's yeah. straight up telling you to listen to your heart right now and then going back to the cup, like you were saying, mm -hmm. too. Yeah, yeah, it's lining up now. See, now we're telling a story. Yeah. And then I just felt called to do a star seed uh, for my star seed oracle. So I pulled a card from my star seed. And um, now I know exactly why, because we just discussed <laughs> it. And your card was empathetic star seed. I mean, it just said your energetic sovereignty. You are here just your energy alone changes other people's energy. 
you are that type of person. You are an empathetic star seed, and that empathy alone helps those around it. But <laughs> also take on other people's energy and stuff, and this can be detrimental to you. So you yeah. have to be careful with that. Um, but it went back to the hermit where you need time alone to you know, charge and stuff yeah. you really do when you're an empath and you take on other people's energy, you have to have that alone time. So now we're going back to the hermit again. And it's not that you're <laughs> trying to be a hermit away from people again. Right. It's not that that's not what it's saying. It's yeah. saying that you take on other people's energy. So you need time to recharge um, and you need to learn to discern what is yours and what is others mm -hmm. probably already know that. Uh, but that is just things that I always, I do myself, you know, sometimes, some days I'm like, what is going on? And then I realize that's not me. Yeah. And then I have to put the walls up and right. move on and know that the energy is not coming from me and take care of it. However, I need to take care of it. Right. Um, let's see. Yes. Taking time for you. Yes. And it can go to recovering from any type of grief from that mm. grief and loss. And I went and I pulled from my literary witches oracle deck and I got Audrey Lord. Uh, she, uh, well, Audrey Lord, number one, this card is uh, justice is what it's called, what it's considered justice. So with the justice, uh, you are fighting for yourself, your values and your community. Yep. <laughs> that one lined up, right? <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, that's a great card. And for people that don't know Audrey Lord, and I had to look her up myself because I don't know all of these people, she proclaimed herself a proud black lesbian feminist. She was an outspoken activist and essayist. And she wrote about, here's what I thought was interesting, racism, sexism, homophobia. And the themes were mothers, <laughs> daughters, and children sisters and then the witches and importance of refusing silence mm. and what do you do you have a podcast and you talk about these things so this card i was like oh my gosh yeah and i've been told i was a witch in a past life there you go <laughs> and that and that's what i said this is be the proud outspoken activist i mean this card is definitely yeah things that you are doing here right that's so, so crazy so crazy that's so awesome i'm gonna have to like do this once a month with you i think <laughs> <laughs> i'm telling you people <laughs> but that was a three card with a tea leaf and then i threw in the extra two cards because i yeah. usually feel car called to do an oracle or two afterwards just to add in something and that's why as you can see the oracle cards just add a little extra layer in there yeah yeah it just it pulls the story together mm -hmm. so so um, is there anything else you offer? And we want to know where to find you because I'm sure some people are going to want to um, do the tea leaves or do your, the Kundalini, do you do that online? Yes, I do. I have Zoom classes on Wednesday and Sunday at 11 a.m. Central Time. And I also have a Patreon. So you can do monthly, which you'll get readings. And I do recipes. I used to be in, in my past life. <laughs> <laughs> in the before times, which means in tw from 2010 to about 2017, <laughs> I was a marketing manager at Whole Foods Market. 
And so I learned a lot about clean eating and healthy food. So we share recipes. Anyway, our group, we do a lot of things. We have energy work. We do card readings. We, we work with food. We work with art. So that's part of my Patreon. Uh, I also have two weeks free right now. So if you want to become a Patreon, you can do that for two weeks free. My website, LeraeGerald.com, has all of that on there. I love your website. Just go to the shop button and go to Kundalini Yoga and all of those things are offered there. The front page will tell you about my Reiki and Tarot. Um, I'm also an ordained minister. I can marry people. I've done weddings. (laughs) That's what I was like. This lady's living her authentic life. She's doing this and that. I didn't even know I needed to do that. And all of a sudden I was needed to do that. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, this is right up my alley. I love this. (laughs) That's pretty special. That's, that's a good thing. I want to do more weddings. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We'll put all your links in the show notes so people can find you. You will see me again. (laughs) Doing some more tea leaf readings. My blogs. Blogs and articles, podcasts, all of those, which this one will be added to that are all in there too. Yeah. So great to get to know you. I was just like, I felt like we had this connection before I even talked to you. So it was great. Yeah. When I was reading you, I definitely, I was like, hmm. I mean, even our history, I was just, when you started dying, I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Yep. Same thing. Yeah. Vietnam, everything. I was just like, what? Anyway, is there anything else that you wanted to hit on or that I didn't uh, talk about? I I think we could probably talk for hours, but I know. (laughs) I, there was one thing that I did want to talk to you that I have talked to other adoptees about, and I wanted to hit on this with you before we go, Um, because of uh, the hypervigilance in intuition. I just want to go back just for a moment. Mm -hmm. Um, I've talked about other adoptees how when we're born, um, you know, children are usually way more intuitive than you are as you get older. And and people, when you're passing, you start seeing things and stuff because we're getting closer to the, where we came from. We're going back to that. Right. Yeah. And in the middle, we, we get lost and we're told that doesn't exist. And, you know, even though we're told to you have to pray to get there and stuff. Anyway, it's conflicting. <laughs> so you have yes. to find your own path. Um, right. But I believe as adoptees, because we know we're being separated, because at the end, you literally are becoming that human that will take that first breath into humanhood. And that breath, when we know we're being separated, I think we almost grasp a little bit of that other part, that other side, and we keep it with us. Mm. And that's part of our intuition and our link to our family. Uh, The reason why I say that is just because when I was a little kid and I would go into those, well, now I'd be, I know it as a meditation because I would just kind of zone out staring at a Christmas bulb or lights or, you know, something sparkly or twinkling or whatever. And I would just, I would literally see my family. And now I know I was literally seeing my family. Wow. I mean, the things that me and my sister have talked about, I now know those are real moments. Wow. Where I was going with that is I just kind of wanted to know what, if you felt maybe that that's a part of the intuition is that we, we grasp onto that so that we could find our family or I don't know. I just wanted your thoughts since (laughs) since we're, I always feel like, you know, like we're ET and they, you know, you have that heart light that is just drawing you 
to your biology and like back home. Also (laughs) part of that home is where we go after we die though, Right. you know, and it's, and that that's our true authentic home really, but we are all interconnected also. So I think that's all tied in kind of together with what you're saying is, yeah, you can call it a breath or however, but you take a piece of it, whatever it is, which is, yeah. And energy, whatever that energy is, uh, because there is an energy. I mean, we, there have, there have been studies done. I mean, we can't deny that we're attached uh, energetically to one another, especially people that we're DNA connected to, whether, sometimes whether you want to or not, you know? Yeah. And I'm not saying you can't do that with your adoptive family. And I don't want adoptees to say, well, you know, they didn't love their family. That's not true. It's just that in a DNA relationship, it is an energetic bond that was there from the beginning. Yes. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Make it happen. It was already there. It's innate (laughs) to us. Yeah. It wasn't grafted. It was part of from the beginning. Anyway, I just wanted to throw it out Yeah, good. Good stuff. I love talking about that Me stuff. Too. There's not a lot of people you can talk about things, spiritual things with. So it's great. I love, like I said, I love kind of combining the karma files and the adoptee, you know, on the podcast today. So thanks so I much. I am so glad that you did that because I love your full moon episodes. Those are so awesome. They're so fun. I love doing them. And yeah, I mean, they're a lot of work, but I'm like, I just can't let them go. It's part of me. And like I said, I, you know, I'm trying to encourage others to kind of let their freak flags fly as well. And like, it's, it's so okay, fun. you know, especially as an adoptee feeling like you can't show those things that are in an innate part of you. I'm just trying to give permission for people to do that. Thank you so, for doing that. And know. it's, and these things are real. We don't have to hide them. Yeah. And I kind of saw you doing the same thing when I went on your website, I was like, Oh yeah. Let that freak flag fly. <laughs> <laughs> and those people that don't resonate with you, then they just don't have yeah. to. That's fine. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, those things are your gifts and those, Usually those things that set you apart are the things you're supposed to be doing. So it's your heart giving calling. permission to, yeah, to explore that is, is huge, especially for adoptees. So thank you so much for doing that as well. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll put all your links in the show notes. And, um, so you'll be able to find her and, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on the show today. I'm so glad I got to meet you finally. <laughs> I am so glad I got to meet you. Thank you so much, Melissa. And thank you for giving voice to adoptees and, and our freak flags. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed that interview and it just so happens that it comes on the full moon. So there was also a full moon bonus episode that came out today that we were just talking about. So if you are into the paranormal and beyond true stories, go ahead and take a look at the full moon bonus episode. See what you think. And it's the full moon. So why don't you go on Laura's website and book a tea leaf reading? I thought it was fascinating and so fun. And I will definitely be doing that again. Laura's website is in the show notes. 
If you are needing to get in touch with me, you can email me at mindyourownkarma at gmail.com. I am on Facebook and Instagram as well, so you can find me there. I also have two YouTube channels, one for Karma Files, one for Mind Your Own Karma. So whatever platform you are listening on, I'm pretty much there. As always, take what you need and leave what you don't. And always remember to mind your own karma. I'll see you next time.